taking into consideration that not praying is a habit. Having our days open all day with no times constraint, no time time constraints about this is prayer time is easy to do. We get in the habit of it. And then when we have to pray, we have to learn how to break the habit. Not easy to do. And so often we fail and wonder why. The Lord gives us a warning. You've heard this text before, but I'm reiterating it to you. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. That's scary. But that's what I'm talking about. St. Paul has some suggestions then, and what we heard today was some sort of an implied suggestion. But in Ephesians and Colossians, he has several specific suggestions. For example, he says, put off the old and put on the new. Put off the old habit and learn a new one. And so he gives some, some examples. Let the thief no longer steal. Stop stealing. Okay, thou shalt not steal. I got that. I won't steal. But do go to work and give to the poor or to the needy. Do something righteous to replace it. Let a new habit take place of the old one. And to everybody, he says these words in the same concept of putting off the old and putting on the new. Stop corrupt words. Speak grace to one another. Stop all bitterness and conflict. Be kind and forgiving. Put off the old on the new, the new habit. And from Christ, even from Christ himself, you know, it's not the matter of just thou shalt not kill. He leads us to understand that the word kill has greater ramification than just taking a human life. Slander is a deeper form of it. I like to call it character murder. So we may not be killers in the sense that we go out and kill slay people. But we slander them and have no problem with that. And yet when we want to try to change it, it's really difficult. We're in the bad habit of doing it all the time. And believe me, we've all got so much baggage that it doesn't take much to give us plenty of reason to slander everybody. So we do it. Well, he said, put it on. And what does he tell us to put on the things we don't want to hear? Pray for those who hurt you. Do good to those who hurt you. Forgive those who hurt you. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? That's the new habit we're supposed to put on? I'll have none of it. I get better treatment in other religions or staying home and making it up on my own. So you laugh because that's a temptation always, isn't it? That can become a bad habit too. When these things become habits, then they become a part of our souls, and we want them, good things. We want the good things, and we want to get rid of the bad things. So it's more than just identifying a sin and saying, I'm going to get rid of it. We have to change our lives. That's the hard part. So what do we do about this habitual nature of sins? And by the way, let me just do this as an aside here. I'm not saying that sin is habit. Sin has a habitual component, or many sins do. In the early 
the church that was a heresy had suggested that, that all sin was habit, and all we needed was an example of how to break the habit we were in. That's not what I'm saying. It's much harder than that. But one of the tools we use is to learn to change the habits. That's something we have to learn. So what do we do? Well, we have to make note of the habitual nature of our sins. We have to know what our sins are first and foremost, our particular sins, our individual sins. And then we have to know what's the habitual component in here, if there is one. What is it? And we try to change it or do combat with it. And then we have to strive, actually strive to alter that. So if my, if my habit is to not pray in the evenings, and waste my time in front of the TV for hours and hours under the ages of ages, uh, then if I want to change that, I can't just stop that and have this big void all evening, because I guarantee you I'm going back to the old practice. It's so much easier that way. So I fill it with something, and, and then the situation is worse. So we have to change things. For example, we have to get in the practice of praying at a certain time, fill that void with prayer. Reading, studying, doing something for someone who's in need. Do something for someone else, period, like spouses. Do something for our spouses, the people who are closest to us. <coughs> A third one, remember that we always replace sinful actions that we get rid of with righteous actions. Something that takes us deeper into the being of God, or at least opens us to it. Zacharias likes to say that when we do these things, it attracts God. That's the word he uses. <clears throat> I like that. And I want to be as attractive to God as I can be. And that's pretty hard to do considering the circumstances I'm in and what, the way I am. Pretty hard. I think you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so we have to remember to replace with righteous actions. And the fourth one is to stay with it. Father Zacharias, I've said this before, Father Zacharias likes to say that Christianity is like a hard science. It can be tested. Tested differently, but it can be tested. So we can do these things and find out whether they work. So you can, don't take my word for it. Try it yourselves. You can test it. Problem is, the time frame for testing it is different than that of science. Science like to contest something quickly and come up with, a, with answers in a very short time period. Christianity, we got to do it for a long time because we are stepping into eternity and therefore time as we understand it is not a measurable product for testing God's practice. But what he lays out for us works. So we have to stay with it not just do it once and say, well, that didn't work. I still wanted to eat uncontrollably, and I still wanted to watch TV all hours of the night. Well, we got to stay with it. What we find is one day we create new habits. New habits emerge, and we don't want them interrupted, like our prayer time, <clears throat> or even fasting, even learning to control our eating. It takes so much effort and sacrifice and work to get the new habit in place. I don't want anything to ruin that. It's almost like that. You know, I, I can't speak for you. I'm just saying how I am. I hope you understand that. I go back to what St. Paul said. You have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. 
Even so, now yield your members' service to righteousness unto holiness. Now I'm going to add a fifth point. You've heard me say this many times. The Christian life is not just action, but attitudes and actions. It's not just attitudes, but attitudes and actions. That is, our understanding has to be a certain way, and our actions have to correspond with it. Well, one of the things we learn by doing this, that is working on the habitual nature of sins, is that we are actively contributing with God to the recreation of our own beings, and therefore the whole world. And that is the very reason Adam and Eve were put in the garden in the beginning, to be co-creators with God. When we have icons of the mother of God, it's not because we're idolizing some woman or some holy person but because that's the image of, that all of us should be. And God has glorified it in those who have cooperated with him. So that's the image, not just of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and not to lessen her pride in it, but that's the image of the way we should be. So attitudes and actions, we contribute. We contribute with God in our own recreation. That's a big order. Just remember that when you come here, you're coming into a big order. We're not slipping in the door hoping to get saved without having to do anything. We have to give ourselves. We have to yield. We have to let go of the old and put on the new. We claim to do that in baptism. Every time we put our fingers in the holy water, we say, I'm doing this. That's why I'm here. Well, when we consider the source, God, he calls us to this and allows it to happen for us, for you, for me, for all of us. We can be transformed, just like St. Paul said, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.